Okay, the Mishnah here in the bottom of Lama Tesma Beis, three lines up in the bottom, continues here with the halacha of carrying items outside of the Tchum on Shabbos or Yantav. Again, that the point is that Tchum does not only apply to the um, to a person moving beyond the restricted area, but also for his items to be moved as well. So the Mishnah says, Mishayu Somebody who has his produce in a different town. So meaning when Yantav is starting, he has his fruit, which is far away in a different town. So the people of that town, they made an Erev Tchumen for themselves in order, and their plan was that they're going to bring some of the person's produce, they're going to bring it to him. What's the halacha? They still can't bring it to him. What's the reason? The reason is, is because very nice, they made an Erev and they are able to walk, but they can't bring the fruit because the fruit is owned by the owner. And the owner here has not made an Erev. So the, the fruits cannot be moved beyond the point that the owner of the fruits can move. So even though these nice people who are holding the fruits want to bring the fruits be with their Erev, they cannot transport the fruits because since the owner of the fruits and not made the Erev, so then the fruits can only go where their owner can go and therefore they cannot be moved. The of who, but if he did place an Erev, in other words, the owner here in the second case did make an Erev that extends his tomb to that town, then Perosim Kamohu, then the fruits, his produce is going to be treated just like himself, meaning just like he can go beyond the beyond the tchum now, he can go because of his Erev, so too the fruits can be moved. Top of the Amr Aleph, Misha Zimanetzel somebody invited guests from out of town here, they live beyond the host tchum, and they're coming on Yantif, and the point they made an Erev tchum, which is allow, allowing them to travel. They can't take portions of the host food back with them when they return home, meaning these guys are coming with their own Erev tchum, and they're coming from out of town. So they can't pack up a dessert from the meal and take it home because they're going to, that the meal, um, the food became subject to the host tchum, right? But whoever owns the food, that's what the tchum is going to be. So the tchum is going to be restricted by the owner of the food, by the owner of the dessert. So if he wants to send it home, pack it back on Yontif with the guests and send them home with the guests, they're not allowed to take it because they're going to be going outside of where the get the of where the the host home was and therefore they can't move it. The only solution would be if he would transfer ownership of the portions to them before Yantif, meaning he would get a third party and he would do it through the principle of Zakhand al-Shalom He would say to a third party, here, pick this up on behalf of the guests that I know are coming tomorrow. Then that would work because in that case, it would actually be considered that it was the, the fruits were owned by the guests when Yantif began and therefore their tomb would be established based upon the guests. So such a thing would be allowed. But if he does not do that, so then it, it gets the it gets the tchum of the of the owner of the host when Yantif begins, and since it gets the the tchum of the owner, if he wants to send them home with dessert, he will not be allowed to do it. So basically, what did the mission teach us? The mission teaches us that you always have to be careful in these cases and think about potentially who is going to be moving these fruits, and is it the owner? Then it's going to be the owner's tchum. If it's going to be somebody else. Just because they've made it home, but if the owner did not, they won't necessarily be able to move it. So now the Gemara tells us a dispute, and then we're going to try to think about if there's a proof from the Mishnah. So Idmar, we learn a dispute here. Mafka basis, somebody gives produce to his friend. So meaning he gives it to him, and the understood agreement is that his friend is going to watch it. But his friend did not specifically say what the terms of the deal um, are and how much achray is accountability he has. He just it was given to him fruits to watch. So Rav the Tchum is like the feet of the one that was given to him. In other words, he's given by the watcher, by the one who's holding the fruits now, even though he's not the technical owner of the fruit. But Rav still says that the Tchum is established with, based upon, of the fruit is established based upon him because he's the one who is watching it. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says no. Shmuel says, it's like the Tchum, but the one who gave it, the, the actual owner. 
not the one who was watching the fruits. So what's the pshat of the machlokah? So we, the Gemara assumes that the issue here is whether the owner accepted full responsibility, whether the watcher accepted responsibility. If he accepted full responsibility for the fruits, then they should be considered to be under his jurisdiction and his tongue. But if he did not accept full um, responsibility for watching it, then they shouldn't be bound to his tongue. So what is the issue? The issue is if somebody gives somebody fruits and they don't make up a deal, is he really accepting responsibility to watch it or not? Do we assume that he is or do we assume that he's not? So the Gemara relates this. Going from another issue. That time we learned in a Mishnah here in Baba Kama. Here the Mishnah is talking about someone brought his animal into um, somebody else's yard. So if he brought the property with the, with the, with permission, meaning the, the person who owns the yard gave him permission to come in with his animal, and then there's damages that occur in the Chatzar. So the yard owner is high for any damages. So why? Even though the yard owner did not say that he's going to accept responsibility of watching, but the Tanakhama says that if I give you Rishus to bring in your animal to my to my yard, and it's basically tantamount to me accepting responsibility for washing it. That's understood. If I give you permission, giving you permission to bring your animal in is understood that I am actually accepting responsibility to watch it. So if it's understood that I'm accepting responsibility to watch it, so now the balachatzer is going to be chayiv if the animal does damages. Whereas Rebbe Yom or Rebbe disagrees, he is not obligated, unless he explicitly says that he's being makabal responsibility to guard the property. If he specifically says he's makabal the achrayas to watch it, then he is obligated. But if he doesn't ex- explicitly say he's accepting the achrayas, then he is not obligated. So basically, the machlokas between Rebbe and the Rabbanan is do we say when someone agrees to watch something if it's a, if it, he is accepting responsibility? The Tanakhama says yes, Rebbe says he is not. How do we pass So Rav says, that we assume he did accept responsibility. We pass him like Rebbe that we don't assume that he accepted responsibility. So now very good. Rav who said that the Trum um, that the Trum is like is like the, the, the guardian, he's going like the Rabbanan. So we assume that when he gave the fruit, the, the guardian, the Shomer, is like he's accepting responsibility, so it should be based on his Trum, like the Tanakama. Shmuel said that the Trum is like the one who gave it over, meaning the true owner of the fruit. He's going like Rebbe in Baba Kama, that we don't assume that the, the, the guy is going to accept responsibility unless he explicitly said. So without explicit, explicit consent to that, then we assume he's not going to be the, the one respons- responsible, and therefore the tchum should be established based upon the owner still. So the Gemara says, no, the two issues could be split. We're going like Rebbe. In that case, there with the owner, with the animal, in that so there, the host, we have no reason to assume that he's going to accept the responsibility. He just said you could come in. He didn't ex- accept responsibility to guard it. In our case, with the tchum, the case is the Shomer said he was going to watch it. So we agree that it would be within his tchum. Meaning, the point is just over there, it's just about permission to go there. It's permission to enter. But the responsibility is of the owner. But over here, we're talking about, well, I said, you, you, I said I'm go, you, could, you could leave it by me. So if I said you could leave it by me, um, so then the, 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 it's implicit in that that I'm going to, that I'm going to guard it. And therefore, uh, and therefore we, we do say, in fact, that, that it's under the trum of the shomer. Maybe Rebbe would agree that the Trum should go, that the Trum should be based upon the, the Shomer. Shmuel Amr Shmuel disagrees. I know that I'm I could be even going like the Rabbanon. I can't cover Rabbanon Hassam. Rabbanon only say over there, there, the owner of the ox is happy that the ox should be under the yard owner's. Um, responsibility. He's happy when the, when the permission is granted for him to come in. 
and that's understood that he'll watch it. The owner of the ox is happy about that. Because if then if the ox damages the property of the yard owner, the true owner of the ox won't be chai. So he's happy. He's accepting of this responsibility of the balachatzar. A person wanted his produce to now be under the jurisdiction of the shomer for tchum. He doesn't want that. Presumably the owner would want his fruit to be under his own tchum. So therefore the owner... Even though he's giving his fruit to the person to watch, but he still wants to retain his own tchum, and therefore it's possible even the Rabbanah would agree that the produce is still under the tchum of the uh, true owner. So in short, in our case, when I give somebody fruits of somebody else to watch, or this machlokzin Rav and Shmuel, um, Rav, Rav, Rav is saying to, I'm sorry, Shmuel is saying to us that it's always based upon uh, the, the true owner. He keeps the tchum, and Rav is saying it's by the Shomer's Tchum, and the Gemara thought that initially the issue is, is he accepting responsibility? But the Gemara is telling us that it might actually be a little bit more complicated than that. So now that we have that Machloka, as we try to bring him a proof from the Mishnah, Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, what happened? The person had his produce in a different city. So what do we say? We said, If the owner of the produce made an Erev, his produce is like himself, it gets his Tchum. So meaning we see that even though he's not with his Paris, his Paris are by, in a, by somebody else in a different city, the Paris always have the Tchum of the true owner. So the Gemara asks, V'yamit if we would say the produce is like the tom of the person that was entrusted to what difference is it if the owner made a tom? Um, so basically, we're saying it's a proof to Shmuel, it's against Rav. According to Rav, it should always be like the one that it was deposited by. It should always be by the Shomer. By the Shomer since the Shomer accepted responsibility because he's watching it, so, so it should be like the Shomer's Tchum. Why is the Mishnah saying that the produce that's in the other city is dependent on the Tchum of the owner? So, they said in the Yeshiva Rav, the Mishnah is talking about a case where the Shomer gave a specific corner in his house to store it. So basically, he's not considered the Shomer. But what's really going on, he's just giving him a part of his house, and he says, you could keep this here. So he's not accepting any responsibility for it, and it's it's totally the owner's fruit in his own corner. It happens to be that the, the corner of the home is in the overall home of the Shomer, but the Shomer is really giving a corner of his home to it. It's not a regular case. A classical case is where somebody says, here, keep it by me, and I accept the responsibility to be Shomer to guard it. But here we're saying that's not the case. Here the case is that the Shomer is just giving a corner of his house over to the to the owner of the fruit, and the owner of the fruit is just keeping it there at his own at his own danger. Fine. So there, everybody would agree that the produce that the produce is still subject to the tchum of the owner of the fruit. So the Gemara says, Tashmats bring a proof from the Mishnah. Mishas imin etzel archam. Somebody invited guests from out of town. We said they can't take portions back with them. Unless he transferred the ownership to them on Arab Yantav. So we see that if the if the host transferred them ownership of the fruit before Yantav started, so now it would be considered the tchum of the guests. Because they became the owners before, even though where were the fruits when Yantif started? The fruits were still in the possession, meaning still in the home of the host. So what's the shot? It must be that even though even though even though it's in his possession, but since he's watching it for them, it depends on um, it goes basar the tchum of the true owner, not basar the tchum of the shomer. So the Gemara says, If you say that the produce should go like the tchum of the one that's watching, what difference does it make if he was mizak them ownership before yontiv? Bottom line is they're in the the host's possession. So he should be the Shomer, and he should retain the Tchum according to Rav. So Kasher and Rav, so the Gemara defends, Achanami, so to here, since the case was that he made the, he transferred ownership to a third party, it says if he gave them a specific corner. What's the point of the Gemara? It says if, why is it as if he gave him the corner? The point is that I didn't accept any responsibility of, of watching it. That's, that's the point of the Gemara. I just was mezakah them 
that the fruits are theirs, but I didn't accept any responsibility to watch it. So therefore, Rav would agree that I'm, even though Rav says that a Shomer is the one, who's, it's, the Tchum is based upon the Shomer, that's only when the Shomer is accepting responsibility. But here, I just made it, all I did was make it their, 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 their property. I was Mazaka through a third party, but I didn't in any way uh, accept responsibility for it. Since I didn't in any way accept responsibility for it, therefore, um, it's going to be based upon their Tchum. It's different in a case where you transfer it than in a regular case of a Shomer. In what way? The point here, right, or Rashi explains is because why am I transferring the ownership? Why don't I just give it them tomorrow? The idea is because I'm trying to change the Tchum. That's the whole point. So where your, your whole Kavana is to change the Tchum, there clearly the Shomer is not going to be the one who has the Tchum because the whole point is making it there so that they can take it home. But in an ordinary case where it's deposited by the Shomer, so then maybe the fruits, since the Shomer is responsible, they have the Tchum of the Shomer. Now the Gemara tells us a story. Rav Chana Bar Chanilai, Rav Chana Bar Chanilai, Talal Abitzer Ba'avar Dadasha. He hung meat on the door um, where he was staying before Yantif. So it sounds like he was visiting a town. People gave him meat before Yantif. He was living outside of his own Tchum, from his own town. But he put an Erev between his hometown and where he was staying so that he could return on Yantif. So he takes the meat and he puts it on the doorbell. So Salah Kamei Rafuna, he asks, am I allowed to take the meat home on Yantif? He, was, he wasn't sure if the meat got his Tchum. So if he asked, Amalei Rafuna said, If you were the one who hung the meat, you personally hung the meat, then you could take it home. It got your tchum. But if, you're, if your host hung the meat for you, then you're not allowed to take it home. What's the tchilek? Who hung the meat? What's going on? Again, it sounds like Rav Chana has, um, he's out of town. He, want, he, he made an Arab to get back home, but the butchers gave him meat. And, they, and, and the, the issue is, is he allowed to take the meat back home with him? Did it assume his tlum or not? And we're saying the distinction is, if he hung the meat, then it does have his tlum. If, he, if they hung the meat for him, it didn't. So what's going on? So the Lord says, if you told him, Mishakal of Rav, Rav, Rav Chana was the one who hung it, would he be permitted to take it home according to Rav Huna? For Rav Huna, Talmud of Rav. Rav Huna was a Talmud of Rav. Rav said, it goes like the tlum of the one who's watching it. So how could we permit Rav Chana to take it home, um, even if he hung it, but he's not the Shomer? Why? Because we're assuming that the host, accepted responsibility for the meat. If they told him to hang it there, um, he, they, he, they gave him permission. So even if he personally hung it, but the bottom line is they're the Shomer. They're really watching his meat for him. So they should be the Tchum of him, not here. So the Gemara says, no, it's different. Shani, Avad, Dasha, it's different in the, on the doorbell to there where he's hanging the meat. It's as if they give him a specific corner, meaning they're not watching it. They didn't accept responsibility to watch the meat. It's just where somebody, you know, says, leave it here. He's not accepting responsibility. Clearly there, the Tchum would be based upon the owner, not the Shomer. So that's what's going on. If he hung it, they're not accepting any responsibility. So therefore, it has his tchum, not theirs. Whereas if they did it, if they hung the, the, the meat, so it sounds like then they, they're accepting responsibility to watch it, then it would be like Rav said, the tchum would be based upon the shomer, not the owner. But the Gemara doesn't understand why. The Gemara is now going to challenge the second part. If they hung it, why are we saying um, that it would be, that, that he cannot take it home? So I'm going to have to tell the shakil, if the hose hung it, he can't take it home. From our Shmuel, Shor, Shor, we learned a couple of days ago that if you have an, act, an ox, from a specific, like, you know, a, a mumcha who knows how to fatten up cows and he sells them to anybody. It's like the tchum, the feet of any purchaser. Why is that? Because Shmuel holds that since it was clear before Yantar started, it was clear that he was going to transfer the ox of possession of the, from his possession to the possession of whoever will come and purchase it. So even though technically it was in the possession of the, the ox fattener before Yantar, since it was the projected change, everybody knows that he's going to switch it on Yantar. So we say that the tchum is established based upon the person who will come and get it. So we should say the same thing here. Even even if the host hung it for him, they hung it for him, and the intent was that he was going to return home on Yontif with his meat. So we should still say 
that the Trom should be based upon Rav Chana Bar Chani Lai. So the Gemara says, and now another Kasha, another Kasha, and if Rav Chana Bar Chani Lai, if the host hung it, he wouldn't have been able to take it home. If Rav Chana Bar Chani we learned again a couple days ago, an animal is given the Trom of the shepherd, even if it only goes uh, to the shepherd on Yantif. Since it was projected, it was known it was going to go to the shepherd. So so, so the, w- there was like one shepherd that tends to all the livestock in the town. So everybody knew it was going to go to him. So so, so, so it's projected, it's going to go that wherever the shepherd's going to go. So even though technically the shepherd wasn't holding it before Yantif, it still has his tchum. So again, we see the same idea. Whenever projected change is going to happen, on Yontif, then it goes by the Tchum of that. So, so to here, if it was projected that they were going to give it to Rabbi Chanav Echelai to go home on Yontif, so it should have his Tchum. And now with another question, Amalei Rav Asher Rav Kahana, Vinu Talalei, Loshak of those hunger, wouldn't he be still be able to take it home? But Tanana, Vima, Vakim, Karakalei, Bailam, animals in Kalim always get the Tchum of their owner. So now the Gemara, what's the question? So basically we're saying, even if the host hung it, they hung it for him, and they knew he wanted to take it home. So they probably weren't makabel shmir on it at all that it should go into their tchum. They presumably would make sure that they transferred it complete, that they that they were just hanging it for him, and that it had his own tchum. So therefore, we don't understand at all how there could be an issue if the host hung the meat that he can't take it home with his own erev. So the Gemara says, "You're right. That's true." He was different. He was a great man. He was always busy learning. Therefore, the issue is something else. Nothing to do with tchum. It's an issue. Was was he concentrating? On the meat. There's a halacha called basar shenisalim and ayin. If a person doesn't concentrate on the meat and the meat goes out of sight, then it's asr, even if it was a Jew's home, because we always are choshesh that maybe it was exchanged for non-kosher meat, maybe a bird exchanged it or something like that. So if you're watching the meat, good, but if you're not watching the meat, then it's no good. So basically we say that we're choshesh that this meat the next day was basar shenisalim and ayin, maybe it was switched with other meat. So now we say it explains like this. If you hung the meat, then you have a simon, you have an identifying mark. You know if it's the same piece of meat. You were busy with it. So you wouldn't have diverted your attention. You know what it is. Therefore, you could take it home. But if your host hung it for you, so you don't even really know what the meat looked like, you don't have a simon that it was the same piece of meat, so you presumably you diverted your attention. You can't take it home. Nothing to do with the issue of tchum, but rather to do with the issue of basar shenis alim min ha'ayin. Okay, now the mission continues. The last mission here in the Masechta in Mashkin and Shochnes and Mibaras. Even though on Yontif you're a lot of shechts, you can only take animals which are designated for slaughter, for usage. So you can't water, we'll see what in the world watering means, but you can't water and slaughter animals that are from the Midbaris. Midbaris means that they go out and they roam freely and they leave for an extended period of time. And they're not necessarily accessible to you before Yontif. You don't even know where they are. They go out and they come back later. So you can't just my it because basically it's a muksa issue. It's not designated for usage. If a mashmash has a bisus, but regular domestic animals, you know where they are, they're prepared for yantiv, then you could slaughter them. Alien bisus is what are considered what's considered domestic versus a midbarios. Alonus beer means the one that stay the night in the town. Midbarios alonus bafar. The midbarios are the ones that spend the night out in the pasture. Says the Gemara, Why did the Mishnah have to mention watering it? The Chiddush is, you can go Shechari. What's this whole watering business doing here? So the Gemara says, When the Mishnah is just telling us something, It's a smart idea to first water your animal before you slaughter it. Because we don't want the hide to stick to the animal. So in order to make sure that the hide doesn't stick to the animal, you water the animal first before it's slaughtered, and then it will be easier to skin it later. So now we expound upon the Mishnah. Again, the Mishnah is saying that domestic animals are not yontif, but the animals that go out for long times in the pasture are muksan yontif. 
They go out during the Pesach season for us, they graze out there in the pasture. They only come back in during the early part of the rainy season. So they're mamish out the whole summer. They go out and pasture beyond the Tlum. But they come the night, every night they spend within the Tlum of the city. Rabbi Omer, Eilin, Basusus. No, both of those animals are considered domestic. Both of those are prepared. What's considered a midbarios, which is Moksa? Eilin, midbarios. These are the midbarios. They go out in the pasture. They don't come to the settlement. You never know when they're going to come back. So, meaning Rabbi is saying a more extreme thing. He's saying that leniently it's only going to be considered Moksa if it's the type that doesn't come back in. You mamish don't know when it's going to come back in. But if it's clear that it's going to come back in by the early part, beginning part of the rainy season, then that's considered domestic and it's not muksa. So it sounds like the assumption, if we're discussing, is that Rebbe holds a muksa. If you don't hold a muksa, then there shouldn't be an issue. So, so again, we know Machlokas, Rebbe Shimon and Rebbe Yudah about how strict we are with muksa. So the Gemara assumes that this whole issue of an animal should only be muksa like Rebbe Yudah because technically it's usable. It's just that you don't know where it is or something like that. So that should only be a type of muksa which Rebbe Yudah would, would subscribe to, but not Rebbe Shimon. So it sounds like Rebbe, if he's talking in this discussion, must hold like Rebbe so the Gemara challenges that. Misa the Rebbe Moksa. Does Rebbe hold of the Chomer opinion of Moksa? What once happened? Shimon Bar Rebbe asked Rebbe, "See, tomorrow, Shimon Ma, what's the halacha about eating the unripe dates? So you have some dates that you put into a basket to store, so they're technically edible." But they're still waiting that, for them to ripen more. So if you want to make the decision to eat them on Yantiv, are you allowed to or not? So Amalei, Rebbe responded, Ain Moksa Reb Shimon, Moksa doesn't apply according to Reb Shimon, Elikurogazitimokin, unless it's totally dried out, dried figure raisin. When they're drying out, they're totally inedible, totally inedible. That's Moksa. But something as long as it's edible, even if the plan is to let it stay the way it is and ripen more, we still say that it is not Moksa. So he's responding leniently that you're allowed to use these unripe, di- uh, unripe figs because. Because they have, technically they're still edible. So that's calling Lakula like Reb Shimon. So you see the Rebbe holds like Reb Shimon. So why is he saying that Midbarios animals can serve Moksa, which is only like Reb Yehuda? So the Gemara says, We could say that the Midbarios animals are actually like dried figs and raisins, even though technically they, they're usable. But if you sent them away, you push them away, so it, even Reb Shimon would agree that such a thing, like pushing away the animal to the pasture, and that you don't know when it's going to come back, it's considered completely unusable. And even if Randomly, you bump into an anyante if it actually would be muksa, even according to Reb Shimon. If you buy the same, or we could say the Dvar Reb Shimon Ka'amar. Rebbe really holds like Rebbe Yehuda. He was just saying over what Reb Shimon holds. Valilos really, he himself doesn't hold that way. He himself holds that the animals, the Midbarish animals, are muksa. He was just saying what Reb Shimon would say about the dates that are ripening. Rebbe was just saying about what the definition of, of, of the animals are that are domestic or not according to Rabbanan. Meaning he's saying, according to me, I don't hold those an issue because I hold like Reb Shimon that there's no muksa, meaning that we're lenient with muksa. But according to you, that you're machmer and muksa, but you should still agree. As long as they go out and they come back in the rainy season, the is saying that that's considered a domestic animal. So he's saying, even if you agree to muksa and you're machmer, but this is not the animal which is called muksa. Are saying they're upon are saying back no they're considered to be midvarios if they um, if they're out for the whole summer season and therefore they're muksa according to us. So the Gemara giving us different approaches. The Maisel the Maskana of whether or not Rebbe holds of muksa and where also it comes out that we're not sure whether or not the issue of these of these animals that go out in the range and are far away in the pasture is that a muksa that Reb Shimon would agree to. It comes out that that's actually a machlokas here in the Gemara.